0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and today I'm joined by a man who, like myself, has a lot of movies that he would like to see. Ben O'Brien,
1: how you doing? I'm great, Trevor, and, and you're right. I think I think it's pretty well known, Trevor, that on this podcast you've never seen any movie ever. Um, and Brandon gives you a lot of makes fun of you a lot for that, but I, I think I'm in the same boat, Trevor. I, there's pretty much every good movie or can, you know, movies that are considered good movies ever I've never seen um so i i we were talking i i think i have a lot of work to do i really need to make like a, a list of some sort um of like must-see movies movies that you have to see you know the top uh whatever so many movies of all time because they're most of them i have not seen um and i i would imagine you're in the same boat trevor because i think it's very clear that you've never seen any movie ever so um, <laughs> i would imagine that you're probably you're probably you probably have the same to-do list as i do
0: that's what that's what the people are saying but yeah, like we've we've had a lot of conversations. Uh, I mean, you and I were just talking about that, and I was saying how like after the basketball season's over, come like June, like June, July, August, that summer window, that's a time when I mean I, I'm not super into baseball, so for me, um, that's a time where I could literally sit down and say like, all right, I'm gonna do a movie a week. Like I could pick Friday night, Saturday nights you know, whatever the case may be, and I can watch a movie every week. Um, so I think that's what I'm gonna try yeah. to do this year. Um, and obviously Brandon. He's kind of the, I guess you could say, maybe the movie snob of the podcast because he watches a ton of movies. Oh, he is. He's he's very into. Um, I mean, he goes to the movie theater a lot. I think he just saw a new movie. Um, and he has has a lot of opinions. And he, you know, he likes looking at like what the critics have to say. He likes looking at Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. So he's a little bit of I don't know Ben would Would you say he's a little bit of a movie elitist? Because I think he might be.
1: Oh he absolutely is a movie elitist cuz he he's into like all the Oscars and stuff and he always watches like all those movies that that win like the Oscars and things like that which again like in my opinion are terrible movies because I'm not I'm not an elitist Trevor and I don't think you are either um or typically the, the movies that the critics are very high on I don't I don't find super interesting just because I don't I'm not into like the super serious and in-depth movies that get all these awards for the lighting and the directing like I just want to see a movie that I'm entertained by um, usually that's a movie with a stupid plot and it's funny. Um, so Brendan is absolutely a, a movie elitist. Um, and I, I promise you there's a, there's a billion movies that he's seen that he would call good movies because the critics say so. And Trevor, uh, you and I, if we were to watch it, we'd be like, this is the most boring movie of all time.
0: Yeah. And I got to say, like, I, I can't say a hundred percent. I wouldn't like those movies because I haven't seen them. So I, I really don't know, yeah. but like, I don't know. I was just looking through like the Oscars list the other day and like, I'm gonna have to sit down and maybe watch like, a, I don't know, like a green book or like one of those movies that won best picture one of these and see if I actually like it give like sit down, be fully focused and give an honest rating on if I like it. And then and then we'll find out. And then if I, I watch a few and I don't like them, then my initial um, expectation will be proven correct. And I'll be like, yeah, I didn't think I was gonna like the movies and I didn't. So now I have kind of the answer. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do that this summer
1: but Tre- Trevor this is how this is how I know that you won't like those movies cuz you and I are on the same wavelength here there there's really only like a couple things that I need in a movie to make it good and I know you're the same thing I need Dominic Toretto I need fast cars and I need explosions and I feel like none of those you know uh, those Oscar winning movies are going to have those things and I don't want any part of it if that's the case
0: Well well Ben I think I need family too that's another element definitely need family <laughs> That's
1: true um, that is true and under yes and if, if family is an underlying theme in, in a movie series then i'm hooked i'm all in
0: yeah it's all takes all right well we have a great podcast today uh definitely uh pretty basketball focused obviously uh the NFL. you know the football season's well technically not because we have the xfl going on ben have you been keeping true. up on the xfl at all have you uh Watch a little bit.
1: Uh, I watched like I think I watched like the second half of a game last weekend, and my DC Defenders did win. But other than that, I honestly forgot that it existed. I haven't really <laughs> seen anything about it. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that my DC Defenders are the best team in the XFL. Um, but I I don't I couldn't tell you anything about the XFL at all. I, I, there are some cool rules though, Trevor. I I like the whole like and I, it, you probably haven't seen it, but. They're very like transparent with with the officiating. Like when there's like a review going on, they they go to the booth and you can hear the whole conversation between like the official on the field and the guy in the booth. And like, all right, we're gonna. I have this as a catch. We're gonna overturn it. There's gonna be this much time on the clock. Like, it's very transparent in terms of the process of of replaying plays and things like that. Um, and again, we don't need to go into detail, but I think that's something that the NFL would would benefit greatly from just more transparency between. Us in the officials, because the NFL um, has has not had a great track record this year of officiating, and I think they they're under a lot of pressure going into this you know this next year with officiating because of the way that the Super Bowl ended and other playoff games ended. So um, I do think the XFL is good for that. There are some things that the NFL could take notes on to make their league stronger
0: yeah absolutely and and i did see i think the clip you were talking about i did see where they they went in and did the the replay like step by step yeah and they really like gave you like a you know uh what a what a vip seat and like or a you know fly mm-hmm. on the wall type of viewpoint so that was really good to see um but yeah so to, today we're going to kind of talk about college basketball obviously yesterday a really fun basketball day we had three buzzer beaters we had um Three buzzer beaters, one actually after I went to went to sleep, uh, San Diego State. They beat New Mexico at the buzzer, 73-71, a really good game. Uh, also, we had Florida State. They won a game at the buzzer over Miami. Miami, obviously, a ranked team, number 13. But Florida State hit the buzzer beater, beat them 85-84. And that's a big upset because Florida State's been a very underwhelming um, team. They've disappointed uh, and completely, you know, the expectations that they had preseason Uh, They have not been very good. I think they are now 9-20 overall, but a big uh, win for them. Uh, And then the final one was Arizona State, you know, pulling an upset on number seven, Arizona, 89-88. So three buzzer beaters. I don't know when, I don't know when, like three buzzer beaters in the same day. Like that doesn't, I don't think that ever happens in the tournament. Like three buzzer beaters in the same day. It's got to be like one of the only times that's ever happened, to be honest with you, because I can't remember that ever happening and then CLA tournament maybe we get one a day if that um honestly in, in the entire tournament it's not even like we get a ton of buzzer beaters necessarily maybe we get like a couple like two or three in the entire tournament maybe four um if we're lucky but it, it was a very fun day in college basketball Ben just of those buzzer beaters do you have like a favorite one we had with Arizona State Florida State and San Diego State what, what do you think was the best buzzer beater of the three?
1: I mean, first of all, I'm pretty sure all three of them were by the road team, which is always like interesting because you can just see like the the deflated crowd when it happens, but I mean I feel like it's gotta be it's gotta be the Arizona State one just because that was a you know, that's a big rivalry, I would assume. I mean, I feel like it's gotta be a rivalry between Arizona and Arizona State. I mean, Arizona's a top ten team or whatever they were. Um and that I mean that was it was over half court. It was it was it was I don't know, probably what, a good fifty five feet. Um it was it was impressive and again like that crowd in Arizona they were all wearing red it was obviously a you know big rivalry game and they were just so deflated when that ball went in um and I think one thing that like the broadcast do and you see this in the same thing in the NBA they do a great job they have like a mic so close to the net that that sound that it makes when it like just drains through the net from like from long distance is like the most satisfying sound of all time like it's it's oh, such yeah. a cool sound to hear I, I, again obviously unless it's against your team then it's like the worst sound ever. But you know what I'm talking about, Trevor? Like, that sound, Absolutely. you can just hear it. Like, it flies through the net. It's just such a cool sound. um, And that's, like, the biggest takeaway I took from from that shot, <laughs> which is so stupid. But, like, the sound of that ball just draining through the net from, again, like, from over half court was such a cool thing. And and my favorite thing to do is, like, I always I, I went back and watched it, like, four times because I love to just watch the fans. And there's always, like, a couple fans that you can pick out that are so upset that they just, like, they don't even say anything. They just get up out of their seat and just start walking up the aisle, like they just bolt out of there. They're so pissed. Um, and then the rest of the fans are usually just like they can't believe what they just saw. So that Arizona State one was was absolutely insane, and just because of the atmosphere was was incredible. It's a top ten team on the road. You just beat um, in, in a in a huge rivalry game. So so credit to Arizona State. That was an awesome awesome win for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I agree. I think that one probably was the best one. The Florida State one's close. Um, but I think in terms of distance, that one, uh, the Arizona State one, was the farthest distance. It looked like, um, so it, that one was probably the best. But just a great day in college basketball all around. Some of the best games of the day. Other than, I mean, because all those were obviously good games. But some of the best games I watched. Uh, number one, I'm going to start off with the Gonzaga St. Mary's game last night. Uh, this was the rematch. They played, um, you know, about a about a month ago, I think. Uh, you know, when they went to uh, St. Mary's was the home team and St. Mary's won that game in overtime. It was a comeback win. Um, But then in this one, they they go to the kennel, you know, up in Spokane, Washington, and all the Gonzaga students going wild, um, you know, going crazy for this game. And Gonzaga kind of controlled the entire game. Um, You know, St. Mary's had a little bit of trouble getting the ball over half court. I think they had maybe six or seven first half turnovers. So they were struggling early on and Gonzaga built this big lead. I think at one point Gonzaga led by like 19 early in the second half. And I was like, I was watching it, but I was like, maybe not as intently focused on it as I was in the first half, just because I was like, this game's starting to get out of hand. I might change the channel, but then all of a sudden St. Mary's went on a run. I think they cut it to eight points. And, you know, obviously from then I watched the entire game. Cause it was like St. Mary's has a chance now. But Gonzaga, you know, played a really good game. Obviously, the crowd had a little bit of had a little bit of help from the crowd, you know, getting pressure on St. Mary's. But just a really well played game by Gonzaga. Um, obviously, Drew Timmy doing more of of what he did. Uh, Anton Watson from Gonzaga had 17 points, eight rebounds. So a really good team win for Gonzaga. Um, and and I felt like you know, Gonzaga isn't necessarily known as the best defensive team. But I feel like in this game, particularly in the first half, they showed that they can be capable of forcing turnovers. They can be capable of, you know, putting pressure on you. Um, They did a little bit of full-court press in this game. And it showed, like, okay, Gonzaga is not, you know, a bad defensive team. They can—they're definitely capable of, you know, putting pressure on your your team's guards. So that was impressive to see. I I still think Gonzaga is, like, one of the better teams in the country. I know that— you know, a lot of people, you know, like to rag on Gonzaga because they haven't gotten over the finish line. They haven't won a national championship yet. And I get all that, but I still think this Gonzaga team is really solid. I still think they're one of the best. I don't know, probably probably a top 10 team. Um, so that's good to see. And it's also good to see that, you know, Gonzaga isn't the overwhelming favorite. I mean, St. Mary's coming into this game, they had, a, they had a one-game lead in the conference. And now, because Gonzaga won... They get a share of the conference. They both finished 14-2. But it's good to see that there's, you know, more competition, I think, in the WCC because you have St. Mary's, who's, you know, normally really good. But I think particularly this year, um, this probably has to be one of their best years in program history. I mean, considering they're ranked, they're 15th in the country. So uh, a really good game there. Um, Ben, did you have any thoughts on on this game uh, you wanted to share?
1: I I think, and this might be a hot take, Trevor, but I'm just going to say it, I think, like, this rivalry between Gonzaga and St. Mary's, it's got to be, like, one of the most underrated rivalries in college basketball. Because um, think about it. It doesn't matter how good Gonzaga is. Gonzaga rolls through the rest of the conference. St. Mary's always gives them a game. I don't care if St. Mary's is a 500 team, which usually they're not. Usually they're a pretty solid team. Um, they always give Gonzaga a good game. You can always chalk up to at least one of one of the games that they play between the two. Usually St. Mary's either wins or they make it really close. Um, I just think it's a fantastic rivalry that, and like I said, they, they play a lot of times. I feel like they play three times a year because usually they're meeting in their conference championship game, um, or the semifinals of their, of their conference tournament. So it's just a, it's a fantastic rivalry. Um, St. Mary's is such a fun team to watch. Cause usually like they never have like, like they're not going to have a dude that's like going to be a lottery pick. They're just a bunch of really solid players with solid fundamental basketball skills and obviously really good coaching. And Gonzaga, at least this year, is kind of the same team. They don't really have a a Jalen Suggs on their team. Obviously, they have Drew Timmy, um, but he's not like a, I wouldn't call him a top 10 player in college basketball. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, he's a good player and he's an experienced player, but he's not like a, a, a stud, a, a flashy player. That's like a, that's a must-see, you know, surefire NBA lottery pick. Um, so th- there's just always really good games between the two, the, between the two teams. Um, and I, and I would not be surprised if you see them, them in their, in their, in their conference championship, uh, when their tournament starts here in, in, in a week or so or whatever, because, um, they're, they're probably the two best, you at least the two most consistent programs in that conference. And they always put up a good game. So, um, I'm not surprised to see that it, that it, or to hear from you that it was a good game last night because St. Mary's seems to always have Gonzaga's number at least once a year, um, in that rivalry. And obviously they're having a, a fantastic year this year, only losing six games, so, um, I I don't think Gonzaga. I mean, usually I, Gonzaga is like, all right, they're obviously going to win their conference tournament this year, and they don't need to win it by any means to make the tournament. But um, I don't I don't know if it's a surefire Gonzaga's winning their conference tournament this year. I think Saint Mary's absolutely has a chance to beat them if they meet again uh, here in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Like I think that these teams. I do think Gonzaga's better, um, but I think it's yeah. close. I think the margin is probably closer than it's ever been. To be honest, usually Gonzaga's by a wide margin the best team. I think this year it's very close, even though Gonzaga still, to me, is the best team. But this conference in general, I think, in the past few years, has been improving. I mean, some of these other teams, like, you know, BYU, maybe not having the best year they've had, but usually they're pretty good. San Francisco's had some really good years. Um, And then, like, Santa Clara, you know, the past, I think last year they were pretty good. And then, again, this year, pretty solid. And then even Loyola Marymount's not bad, so... Some good teams in the WCC, um, you know, definitely a conference that I think is fun to watch. Like, I just enjoy watching, you know, a lot of those teams. A um, couple yeah. other games to mention, uh, Indiana beating Purdue. Uh, they now have a sweep over Purdue. Indiana beat Purdue both times they played. This game uh, yesterday, Indiana was ranked number 17, Purdue number 5, and they beat them 79-71. Just like, they they had control throughout the game. Um, Jalen Hood, Shafino, the freshman guard. Um, went off. I think he had like, I'm not looking at the box scoring right now, but he had like 33 points or something like that. So he was really solid. And Purdue, it, it's just like, when I think about them going into the tournament, it's just like they they seem pretty one dimensional to me. It's like, yes, Zach, he's awesome. He's, he's, I mean, I think almost certainly going to win uh, the player of the year award. It seems like the Naismith, the Wooden, like, seems like he's the favorite for that and he's going to win it. And he's great, like in, in in college basketball specifically, like the back of the basket. Um, he has really good touch around the rim, so he can have that little uh little touch shot near the rim. Um, he's obviously really strong, and he's like seven foot four, so it makes sense that he's um able to consistently um get the shots he wants against opposing bigs. But if he's not like if if the opposing defense has a good scheme to try to keep the ball out of Z- Zach Eadie's hands, to think get him maybe in foul trouble. Um, like these guards for Purdue aren't exactly the most reliable. I think, uh, I don't know if they're both freshmen, but at least one of them is. And it's just, it's tough for me to see a situation where Purdue's guards can really get them out of a tricky situation if they're, you know, say in the round of 32 and they're playing, I don't know, say they're playing like, who's a team that could be like an eight seed, maybe like a, uh, a Kentucky, for example. If they play like Kentucky, who could be an eight seed, and they're in a situation where they're going up against some of that talent, and Kentucky, you know, shoots pretty well, like, I don't know if those Purdue guards can kind of get them of a situation like that. So I just, I have a hard time being able to keep that faith in a team like Purdue. Um, and we, we've talked about this on the podcast previously, but I mean, Ben, what, what do you think about this? Because Purdue... Even with this loss, they still might be a one seed. They might, or at the very least, they'll be a two seed. They're, you know, by all metrics and their resume, a top six, seven team. And yet we we sit here, they've been struggling as of late. We don't have a lot of faith in them. So like, I mean, what do you, what do you think about Purdue? Could you see them being an early exit in the NCAA tournament?
1: Yeah, they're frauds for sure. And I'm just going to call it right now, Trevor. Uh, and I, there's a 100% chance that I forget when I fill out my bracket, but I'm going to call it right now, they're losing like second round. I don't think they'll make it to the Sweet 16. Um, and this is such like a reaction to them losing yesterday. And I, the only time I ever noticed anything about Purdue is when they lose. Um, but they're just not that good. I mean, I, I should take that back. They're very good. Obviously, they're a top five team. Well, not anymore. But they're, they're still a top 10 team. Like you said, they're, they're still at the very least probably a two seed. Um, I guess assuming that they're not going to get like bounced in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. But they're still a good team and obviously they have a they have an elite player in, in Zach Edey and that's what you need that's the recipe um for success in the NCAA tournament you got to have an elite player but i think you made a good point the other part of that recipe that you typically need if you look at all these all these teams that make runs in the tournament every year they have to have an elite player and they have to have good guard play and if they're lacking on guard play i mean they don't have Jaden Ivey anymore so sorry like they just don't have that elite guard that 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 they need to make a deep run in the tournament um, so I I could absolutely see them. You know, if they're like a two seed, let's say they get bounced second round to like a seven seed, I could absolutely see that happening. Um, or even if they're a one seed getting bounced second round to an eight seed, um, I think that's absolutely a possibility. Um, and like again, it's one of those things where this is like it's February, it's almost March. This is who they are. Like you can't expect them to just all of a sudden the tournament starts, they turn on a switch and they're. They're the best team in the country again. Like it seems like they're trending in the direction of a fringe top five team. Maybe they're in that six to ten range. Like, they're just not the elite team that I think a lot of people thought they were a month ago or a month and a half ago. Um, and I'm I'm such a big proponent of like I'm gonna judge you in the NCAA tournament based on how you've played the last month. And they haven't been that great the last few weeks, so Um, again, I, I still think that they could absolutely go out and win the big 10 tournament. Maybe it's like, all right, they're hot again. They're, they're on a run, but, um, they, they've, they've struggled against teams that they should be better than this season, especially in the big 10 with Indiana as an example of that. So, um, I, again, they're a good team. I'm not saying they're a good team and I keep saying they're frauds, but obviously they're still a good team. It's just, I don't know if they're capable of making the final four run that a lot of people expected them to make or assume that they could make a month ago um and let's not forget that they are purdue and purdue always somehow finds a way to lose in the NCAA tournament so this year's not going to be any different um i'm I'm calling it right now trevor i don't care who they play i don't care what the matchup is if i can remember which i won't but if i can remember i'm having purdue lose second round to a team in the NCAA tournament that's going to be my uh that's going to be my one of my upsets that is probably ultimately going to destroy my bracket when they go on and make a final four and basically (laughs) defy everything that i just said which is very possible they're probably just going to go on and and do the exact opposite of everything i just said but I'm I'm feeling some hot takes today, Trevor. So I'm going to call it right now. Second round exit for for Purdue in the 2023 NCAA uh, tournament.
0: Well, I'll I'll say this. He, here's the way Purdue can make a Final Four run. They basically have to ha- get Carson Edwards back. That that's that's yes. how they do it. Absolutely. Carson Edwards has to have another year <laughs> yes. of eligibility. He has to return to Purdue. Right. That's how they make the Final Four. If they can't, if they cannot get Carson Edwards back, they will not make the Final Four. That's that's my case um that's probably a fair point but yeah so i don't know we'll we'll see going forward obviously purdue is yes they're they're a really good team i understand that i'm just like thinking about the ability to win six straight games compared to some of these other top teams like a houston and alabama a kansas a ucla i I just don't think it stacks up to to some of those other top teams that we kind of look at here um but I guess we should move on to to some of the other stories we had. Um, Northwestern, they were on the five-game winning streak. They were ranked this week for the first time in I don't know how long, uh, probably like three or four years. Jeez. They're ranked 21st. Illinois uh, did beat them. A really good game for Illinois. Terrence Shannon uh, returning from injury at 26 points in that game. So big one for Illinois. I continue to believe in this Illinois team. I know they're inconsistent. I know they've struggled. But honestly... I think Illinois has a better chance of making a run in the tournament than Purdue does. That might sound wild to some people, but I, I still think that Illinois, if they're like, a, I don't know, they'll probably be like a 6 seed or something like that. Illinois is a 6 seed, I think, might have a better chance of making a, an Elite 8 or Final 4 run than Purdue. So, watch out for Illinois. I still have some faith in them. Indiana, also, the, the team that just beat Purdue. I think Indiana, another team that's relatively inconsistent, but... They have, you know, I think they have a lot of the pieces that are necessary where it's, you could see the path. You could see the vision of them making a run, I think, with the team they have. Trace Jackson Davis surrounded by, you know, some really decent guards, uh, some really good wings. So I think there's a case even for Indiana. Um, What else do we have here? Uh, Arkansas, they get Nick Smith back. They almost beat Alabama yesterday, um, but they fall short. And I think I think I have to uh at least mention what what is probably the biggest story in college basketball with Alabama, yeah. the whole Brandon Miller Absolutely. thing. Um if if you were listening and you haven't heard about the story with Brandon Miller, uh there's a piece, I think it's uh AL.com, I think, wrote the piece. I would go, you know, take a look at that. Uh quite a quite a wild story surrounding Brandon Miller, uh, you know, that I think you should probably go read about if you are interested in college basketball at all because it's pretty big but nevertheless alabama is still playing really well they're they're still letting brandon miller play despite all of those events and Alabama's still doing really well um but i wanted to mention that because arkansas is a team that i've been pretty invested in um, along with brandon because we picked them in our college basketball pool and they've struggled a little bit but i think now getting nick Smith. Getting Nick Smith back, who's one of their best players on their team, he went out with injury in December. I think they have a chance here to make a run um, where, you know, maybe Arkansas could, I mean, they could potentially win the SEC tournament. And they could be a team that's like a dark horse pick come tournament time. So I'd, I'd at least watch out for Arkansas. Um, but other than that, I, I wanted to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the uh, ACC because we haven't really talked about it yet. And, you know, Virginia's at the top of the ACC. They've been struggling lately. They just lost to North Carolina by a score of 71-63 after getting beat by Boston College on the road in a game in which Virginia only scored 48 points. Um, Jeez. So Virginia's struggling. I mean, and, and you can even go back. Like, the game before, they they struggled to beat Notre Dame at home, 57-55. The game before that, they beat Louisville by only three points on the road. Um so Ben I guess you know just to start talking about the ACC what, what do you kind of think about Virginia's struggles lately I mean do you think that they can kind of turn it around
1: I mean so this is this is the Virginia team I think that we've seen a lot recently Virginia always kind of has the same identity low scoring good defense um and and that's always the question of can you win NCAA tournament games with that formula. And I think, you know, Trevor, you go to like 2018, it's like, no, because that's how you lose by 20 points to a 16 seed. And then you get to 2019, they win the, they win the uh, NCAA tournament with that same formula. So, I mean, Tony Bennett is who he is. He, we, we know what kind of coach he is. We know what his teams are going to look like. They're going to be 40 to 50 games. They're going to be ugly. Virginia, defensively, is going to be the better team. And ultimately, that's the game they want to play. And if you're in a game, a low-scoring game with Virginia, you're going to have a hard time winning that game. Um, but I still think the question comes up of, yes, 2019 was, it was a special year and they're a fantastic team. Um, but is, is, is this, is Virginia going to be a team that's getting bounced early in the, early in the tournament like they did in 2018? Or are they going to be the team that makes a deep run like they did in 2019? I don't really know. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what kind of team Virginia is. I haven't watched them this year. Um, I'm assuming Trevor, and you can probably tell me, I don't even know who their best player would be. I couldn't tell you who their best player is on Virginia. Trevor, who's their best player? Do you know?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it, I it's I couldn't kinda, tell you one player. I mean, I would argue, it's, I mean, it's really, like, th- three or four guys. Like, it's kind of tough. I would say it's probably Jaden Gardner, but, like, they kind of have a few different guys. Like, Jaden Gardner, Armand Franklin, um, Reese Beekman, and Kihei Clark. Like, in terms of just scoring, like, they all average around, like, 11, 12 points. So, it's not really... They don't have a clear best player.
1: Kihei Clark is... It wasn't Wasn't he on the national championship team? He was. He was. He was a. Fr- he's still there. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure he was a freshman on that team. So I want to say this is his fifth. Yeah, this is his fifth year because he got to take that COVID year. So this is his fifth year now of playing. Yeah,
1: that's insane. I can't. I can't believe he's because I remember who you're right. Like he was like the baby face like freshman on that national championship team. Um, I can't believe he's still there. My point is though, like. This team doesn't have a Kyle guy. This team doesn't have a DeAndre Hunter, right? They don't have mm-hmm. the uh, who was the really good shooter that they had, whatever his name was, um, um, Ty, Jero- Ty Jerome, Jerome, or whatever yeah. his name was. Yeah, um, but I just don't feel like this team has has that that capability. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, again, like they're still a good team. What's the record? Twenty one and six, right? Twenty one and six. So they're still a great team, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. They, they they've struggled. At least a little bit at times in a, in a conference like the ACC, that's not a a super strong conference if you're comparing it to to you know like the Big Twelve or even the SEC. So, are they capable of making a a a, a run to maybe like an elite eight? Yeah, because you have Tony Bennett as your head coach, and I think anything's possible, with Tony Bennett. But at the same time, like we see, there's games where they're capable of scoring 46 points, whatever it was. Like it's just who they are. So, um, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't really know what Virginia team are going to get when the NCAA tournament rolls around, but I'm hesitant. Um, just thinking about a potential bracket in the future now, I have pretty losing second round. I'm hesitant to have Virginia go further than maybe a Sweet 16 just because I don't know if they're capable of putting up the points that you need against these high-level Big 12 teams, for example, that are used to playing solid defensive teams but also putting up 70 points when they need to. So I don't know. Like you said, Virginia, a lot of questions. I haven't watched them in depth or anything like that, but just based off of what I've heard about them from you and, and from, from from other statistics, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in them in March moving forward. Relatively speaking, for a top 10 team. I don't have a lot of faith in them as considering they're a top 10 team.
0: For sure. I mean, I I think the ACC, which I think it's been down for a couple years now. This year, it also seems like it's down, not as good. I, I don't know. Maybe you can argue this is the new reality for the ACC. Like, maybe it's just, like, not a top three conference anymore. I mean, I think the Big 12 is number one. I think number two, between the Big 10 and the SEC is probably a tough case. Either way, they're two and three. But the ACC, I mean, I'd say maybe uh, 2016, 17, 18, it was probably either the best conference or the second best conference. Um, And now it's not even top three. So I, I think that's kind of interesting just to continue to look at. If we look at the standings right now, the team at the top, which I was shocked when I first saw this, Ben, and you probably won't believe this, the team at the top of the ACC right now is Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Panthers have the best ACC record at 14 and 4 right now. Uh they are 21 and 8 overall. Following them, uh Miami at 14 5 in the ACC Virginia 13 5, Clemson at 13 5 and Duke at 12 and 6. That's the top 5 um in the ACC standings um right now. I think if I was going to think about like what team do I have most faith in to make a run in the tournament, I think for me honestly like I I I kind of want to say Miami even though they just lost yesterday to Florida State just because I think they have the talent. I think they really solid guard play. Um I kind of want to say Miami. I think Duke is also um a, a decent answer. I think you can make an argument that Duke is the team that you might have the most trust in. I think it's one of those three between Miami, Virginia and Duke. And honestly, I think Miami is my answer right now in terms of like who do I have most who's most likely to make it to the final four in the ACC. And I think the answer is probably Miami, just because of the talent they have. But it's it's a really tough call. Um, I guess you know, look at look at some of these other teams. You can keep going down the line. NC State, they're at 12 and 7. North Carolina, they're at 10 and 8 in ACC. Wake Forest, Syracuse, and so on. Um, obviously, North Carolina, they're on the bubble right now. They got a much needed win over Virginia yesterday, which now they are sitting at 10 and 8 in ACC, 18 and 11 overall. North Carolina now, I think, like, I think they're going to make the tournament, but they can't have any slip-ups here. Like, they can't, I mean, they play Florida State on Monday. Florida State is is bad, like we mentioned earlier, talking about them upsetting Miami. They should not lose the Florida State. Um, It is a road game, so got to keep that in mind, but they should not lose the Florida State. And then they play Duke at home in their regular season finale uh, next Saturday. So a huge game, obviously, like Duke-Carolina games always are, but... I don't know, Ben. I, I guess I guess I'll ask you. Do you think that North Carolina is going to make the tournament? I guess I'll ask that question.
1: Um, I do. I do. I think, and I don't know where they would fall in terms of at the moment. But I mean, it's North Carolina. I think if they're if they're a bubble team, um, mm-hmm. I think being in the ACC, I I just have a hard time seeing the committee leave them out. Um, and they're one of those teams like. They get into the they get into the tournament. I don't I don't care about how you know what their season has been. They were preseason number one team. I I would not want to play them in the tournament. I don't care if if they're a nine seed. I would not want to see them in the second round game. If you're like a one or a two seed or something like that. I mean, I, they're just they're are they super dangerous right now? No, but do they have the potential to be dangerous at any time? Absolutely. Um. So I I think when it comes down to it, yeah, I think I think they'll win or I think they'll make the NCAA tournament. Again, this is going off of, I don't know anything about their net rankings or anything like that, their, their quad one <laughs> wins or anything like that. I'm just assuming this off of their North Carolina. I think it's if, close, if it's close, they'll get in because I absolutely think that they could do some damage in the tournament if, if they get that opportunity. Also, I'd like to point out, Trevor, never in my life did I think I'd see a world where you have Pitt, Miami, and Clemson all higher in the rankings than any of Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse, Florida State, yeah. who was a top five team like two years ago. I, I, I cannot believe that you have Pitt in, in Miami, Florida as the top two teams in the ACC. I would never have believed that in a million years.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely pretty wild. And In North Carolina, I'm looking at Joe and Arty's bracketology right now. They're in the first four out, but this was before the Virginia game. This was uh, Friday morning, it looks like, when he did this. And so Virginia, beating Virginia, I mean, they, they were the number yeah. six ranked team. That, I believe, is North Carolina's first quad one win of the season, the entire season. So that's huge for the resume. I think that puts them in. It's just a matter of can they continue to you know win these like they play Florida State, they play Duke. I think if they win both of those, I think they're definitely in. Um, but if they if they go one and one, like if they lose to Florida State, then it's like I don't know. It's a it's a tough call. Kind of depends on what they do in the ACC tournament. But I think I agree. I think they'll manage to get in. Um, just because I do think they'll beat uh florida state and i honestly i think they'll beat duke too at home it's a home game uh you know when duke and north carolina are playing it's like kind of a toss-up normally um and i guess because north carolina's at home i guess i'll pick north carolina win the game even though it's like pretty much a toss-up um but i I also agree i think they will sneak in um but yeah i mean that's pretty much those are pretty much the main things I wanted to talk about in college basketball. Uh, ben, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we uh, get to the NBA?
1: Uh, the the number one ranked Houston Cougars. Let's not forget about them. They're continuing to roll. Of course, uh, twenty twenty three national champs. We could call it right now.
0: There we go. Both of our preseason picks, the Houston Cougars, ranked number one. Another win yesterday. Um, so they're they're doing well. Um, all right, on on to the NBA. Uh, a couple storylines. There are a couple things I wanted to mention. First, I I did want to talk about the race at the top of the Eastern Conference, Um, you know, at least quickly. Uh, We had a really good game yesterday, just an absolute uh, insane ending between the Boston Celtics and Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Jason Tatum hits the three, go ahead with under 10 seconds left to put the Celtics up three. Joel Embiid has, I think it's 1.7 seconds. They inbound the ball to him. He throws up this wild shot. Uh, about not, not full court, but like three fourths of the court. And he, he drains it. It goes in. I think it, it's a buzzer beater. I I'm going crazy. And then they say that, you know, it did not leave his hands, um, until after the buzzer. So obviously it did not count, but just a really good, um, regular season game we had between those two teams. And I think this race in the East is super interesting because not only do you have the piece of just like, who's going to finish for second, third, but you also have the the MVP tie-in of like you know all these people making like narratives about like oh Jokic shouldn't win it three times straight like Embiid deserves one and then you have some of the people which I I think I probably fall under this camp of like well what about Giannis he's the best player in the world his numbers are also really good and I think maybe Giannis deserves it but it's really interesting because we have the the Giannis Embiid um, I mean Tatum's an, an MVP candidate too even though I don't think he's I don't think he's as serious of a contender as the top three are of Jokic, Giannis, and Bede. I think those are the top three in some order. But it's really interesting to see how that race is shaking out. Um, right now, the Celtics have a one game lead on the Bucs. They're 44 and 17. The Bucs are 42 and 17. And then the Sixers now three games behind the Bucks at 39 and 20 after that loss yesterday. So, I mean, it, you know, there's enough separation to where Boston-Milwaukee, in some order, will finish 1-2. It's just a matter of what that order will be. Um, the Bucks are currently on a 13-game winning streak. So, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. Sad. Yeah, 13 games is, is pretty pretty hard. Um, especially this year, with all the parity we've had, it's pretty surprising the team's been able to win 13 straight. But... I think those will be the top two. Philly will finish third. Um, I don't. I don't think Cleveland will catch them. I guess there's a chance, but Cleveland three games back from Philly. Um, I think Cleveland will probably finish fourth. Um, and then after that, like, you know, you have Brooklyn sitting in fifth. Uh, the Knicks, who the Knicks are on a the run. They've won five games straight, thirty-five and twenty-seven. They're the six seed. And then the Miami Heat at seven. Atlanta Hawks at eight um rounding out you got toronto and washington nine and ten so yeah i mean i think this race is is definitely interesting with the top three how that's going to shake out and then after that it's kind of figuring out who are going to be the the playing teams uh the miami heat have really been struggling lately they just acquired kevin love but i think kevin love literally just got injured so it's like we 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 got kevin love and then he got hurt so it's like well that's great that's that that's that's helpful so, um, yeah, have that going on with Miami, obviously, the offense has been struggling all year. I think the Heat, in terms of points per game, are one of the, I think they have one of the lowest points per game in the league. Um, Just in the Eastern Conference, they're last. They're last in the Eastern Conference. Actually, they, they're last in the entire league. I'm looking at it right now. The Miami Heat are, by points per game, the worst offensive team in the entire NBA. So... Obviously, it goes without saying that's been where they've struggled. You know, they rely they rely on Jimmy Butler to carry the load. They rely on Bam Adebayo, um, quite a lot. Tyler Hero can have some good games, but a guy like Kyle Lowry, like he's getting older now. He's not as reliable. And you know, you lose PJ Tucker. You're not able to replace him with anyone at a trade deadline. You do nothing. You just sit there and twiddle your thumbs. And then you get Kevin Love as a bio guy, which like, okay, like Kevin Love, that can be some offense, but now he's hurt. So really tough for the Miami Heat there. We're going to have to see how that shakes it out. But I, I think it's pretty clear at this point that the Heat are not going to be a threat in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. Um, I think no. it's really the top three or four teams. I mean, it's it's Milwaukee, it's Boston, it's Philly, and maybe Cleveland, maybe Cleveland. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm not, I'm not, I know the Knicks are, the, the Knicks are playing well. I think they'll be... A team that can be tough, a tough out in the first round for sure, um, depending on the matchup. And Miami could too, although now they're a seven seed, so if they have to play Milwaukee or Boston, I think that's going to be either a sweep or a five-game series. But other than those top four, I I don't think any of these other teams really have a chance. Um, Moving on to the West, we got Russell Westbrook to the Clippers. You know, I I was kind of surprised by this, Ben, because... We, we just saw how the Lakers thing went with Westbrook. It wasn't good. Obviously, Westbrook, when, when you add him to your team, your spacing's really thrown off because he can't shoot and defenders cool. kind of sag off him. So that makes it tough for the Clippers. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess part of the appeal for the Clippers is like they're a very slow-paced team and Westbrook's a guy who can kind of push the pace, get you some transition points. So I don't know. I, I don't feel great about it. I'm I, I hope... He has success. I just, I don't feel, feel super great about it. Um, Ben, Ben, do you have any thoughts on this acquisition for the Clippers? I mean, this is a team who with this four year one of Kawhi and Paul George, they haven't even made uh, the finals once after all the hype they were supposed to have when Kawhi and Paul George joined together. So now what do you kind of think about this team and their chances in the Western Conference?
1: I mean, like you said, they they've been such a disappointment. I mean, they've had all this hype for the last however many years. Um, and Trevor, I don't even know if they've made a Western Conference Finals at this point. Um, they just haven't. They made. They yeah, haven't lived up the, the hype. Okay, they made one. Um, and I don't know if acquiring Russell Westbrook is going to be the answer that you're looking for. Um, I mean, I don't. Brandon's not on this, so I don't need to completely bash him. But like, he's not a good player. And like you said, he kind of screws up your offense because he can't shoot. He's very aggressive. Sometimes too aggressive at times, um, and he's not a he's not a fantastic defender. So I don't know. I don't love the move for anyone to acquire Russell Westbrook. I think there's a reason why he's been on like four different teams in the last like three years or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the, like you said, the LA Clippers are kind of desperate at this point. They they've they've been massive underachievers the last however many years, um, and I guess they're they're hoping that that Westbrook can bring something to the team, some sort of energy to that team. It obviously doesn't help when Kawhi Leonard plays like th- three games a year in the regular season. Um, but I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Clippers just off of recent history. I mean, history is going to tell you that they're going to get bounced in like the second round of the playoffs. Um, not, not a whole lot of faith in their, in their ability, even with a, with a Kawhi Leonard, um, and, and a Paul George, I'm not super high on Paul George anyway. So I don't know. I don't, again, I don't love the acquisition of Russell Westbrook for any team. Um, especially the LA Clippers who still have a good nucleus, still have a decent core to that team and still have talent to where they can make a run in the playoffs, but, I haven't seen it recently. I'm not. I'm not really expecting to see it this year, especially with with Russell Westbrook now taking up um, some some of those shots that that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could be taking.
0: Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping Westbrook went back to the Wizards because I thought like I don't know. I thought that was probably the best fit for him going back to a place he's been before. Uh, the Wizards aren't a contender. They're more of like a the they're a playing team right there now. They're a ten seed. Um, you have Beal, Kuzma. I think that would be a situation where like he has more shooting around him opposed to like that Lakers situation. I think that would help him, And I don't know, it it would be a, it would be a situation where he could do well. Obviously the wizards, you know, with or without Westbrook, they're not having any playoff success, but you know, it would be a situation where it'd be exciting for fans to watch. And I think that, you know, given the potential teams he could play for, I think he would have at least some success there. So that's what I was hoping for. But, uh, it didn't happen. Uh, it's the Clippers. But looking at the West more in general, um, the top of the West we have the Denver Nuggets still uh, forty two and nineteen, although they just got beat uh, pretty pretty uh, easily by the Memphis Grizzlies, who are sitting at as the two seed right now, five games back. And then in third you have the Sacramento Kings, a team I wanted to talk about a little bit more in depth today because Sacramento Kings have been one of the biggest surprises of the NBA this season. They sit at 34 and 25, 7 games back from Denver. They're at the 3 seed and it looks like they're 2 games up from the Phoenix Suns who are the 4 seed and then behind them you have like the Clippers, the Mavericks, uh the Timberwolves and the Jazz and then the Warriors at 9, Pelicans at 10. So the Sacramento Kings have been a surprise. Um you know, we'll we'll see if they fall back or if they can maintain the 3 seed. But obviously, they've been—you know—they've been a really fun team. They're the—I believe—they're the highest scoring team in the league, averaging almost 121 points per game, which is pretty wild. Um, on defense, they struggle; they give up a lot of points, you know, just like they score a lot of points. But they've been super fun. They obviously, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, both All Stars this year. Good to see um, for Fox; it was his first All Star game and this team, you know, beyond just being super fun, it just seems like they're not afraid of anyone or, you know, just in general any team, it doesn't matter. And that was kind of uh, I guess stated in the press conference after that Clippers game. It was De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk talking about like that they don't they don't care who's on the other side of the floor. Um, you know, they're going to go out there and compete and they and they think they can beat anyone. And I think that's just really fun to see in a team that's a little bit younger. Um, obviously you have the whole like, like the beam thing that's uh, a big like fan trend. I, I think in Sacramento there's some sort of like beam. I don't know. I, I don't know the specifics of it, but uh, I know that that's been a real big thing. And Sacramento's been a real fun team in terms of what I think about their playoff hopes. Um, I don't know. I, it depends on the matchup, right? Like I think like anything, it always depends on the matchup. But in general, I, I don't know if I like them better than a team like uh the phoenix suns obviously once they get kevin durant back uh i think the phoenix suns will be a better team than them obviously just just flat out star power it's kind of tough to compete with a team like that um they're behind a team like teams like denver and memphis for good reason i think both of those teams are better than sacramento and then you look at them compared to the clippers right like they just beat the clippers in a wild double overtime game that had the most po- i think the second most points ever in an nba game i think it was like 300 and uh 51 points or something like that. Like something crazy. Um so the Clippers with them is an interesting matchup to see in the playoffs. I would love to see it. If that's the four or five, I would love to see the Clippers Kings. I still would favor the Clippers if they're healthy, just because Kawhi Leonard is still I, I still do think Kawhi is a top 10 player. So I would favor the Clippers. And then the Mavericks, that one's tough too. Um, obviously the Kyrie Luka thing we're we're just starting to see how it works out so far it's been pretty good with with Kyrie and Luka together um, obviously we still know like the depth of the Mavericks isn't the greatest um, and then some of these other teams are are kind of wild cards the Timberwolves a little bit of a wild card the Jazz uh, we don't know are they gonna are they gonna fall out of this race and then teams like the the Warriors and Pelicans where they have their best players uh, out due to injuries. Steph Curry's out, Zion's out. So, you know, that's kind of TBD, to be determined on what the Warriors and Pelicans are going to look like. And then obviously you have a team like the Lakers who just got together, you know, they made a couple moves at the deadline now. They have a new look. So, we have to see what they do obviously in order for the Lakers to be a a contender, a team we even think about here, they have to go on a big they have to go on a big run here because they're 28 and 32. Um, let's see with so with twenty two games left, I mean they have to win a lot of those games in order to uh number one to make the plan. they have to you know make some ground on some of these teams, so it's gonna be interesting to see, but I think Sacramento at the very least, they're gonna be a team that they're gonna be in the top six and they're gonna be a team who may win a playoff series if they get the right matchup, but more than likely uh a first round exit um I would say this season. Uh, But still a lot to be optimistic about for Sacramento Kings fans. Um, Ben, anything on the Kings or or anything else you wanted to mention in in the Western Conference?
1: I mean, the Kings are one of those teams like, I just refuse to believe that they're good until they prove me wrong. Uh, I'm going to give them the Georgia football uh, attitude where until the Georgia football is good, I refuse to believe that they were good. Um, or until they prove me wrong. So the Sacramento Kings, like I'm happy for you. You're, you're the three seed, but I still think like the Phoenix Suns are better than you as the four seed. Um, So I don't know. And I'm not like trying to be a hater towards the Sacramento Kings. They're, they're such like an easy team to root for because they've been bad for so long. Kind of like the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, It's like, they're not like, they're not, they're not one of those, you know, blue blood teams or whatever. There's, there's marquee premier teams, in the NBA. So it's easy to root for them. I absolutely would be rooting for them against a lot of other teams in the West, just because it's something new Um, and they are fun. I mean, Darren Fox is fun to root for so that they have a fun team. I just don't, I don't know. I I think in, in the NBA, if we're looking at, you know, the, the, the top tier of teams, I don't think the Sacramento Kings fall into that top tier. I don't think they have a, a super realistic chance of, of winning a championship this year, but, uh, I'm happy for them again. It seems like they've had a, had a great year, especially, um, for, for their, for the standards of that franchise, they've had a fantastic year. Um, so good for them. Uh, I don't have a whole lot else to mention other than, obviously, uh, Trevor, let's not forget about the Los Angeles Lakers. They do have some dude named LeBron James on their team. Uh, they've won two games in a row, Trevor, so you could call them one of the hottest teams in the NBA if you really want to. You don't have to, but but I'm going to call them one of the hottest teams in the NBA. I don't care about the Bucs winning 13 in a row. That's whatever. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers winning two games in a row. Don't count them out now. Uh, LeBron LeBron's on on the hunt for a, for a playoff berth. Uh, it's not in his DNA to be to be out of the playoffs two years in a row, so... Um, the Los Angeles Lakers, they're making a title run this year. I'm going to, I'm going to call my shot right now. Um, yeah, that's all I got, Trevor. (laughs) Yeah. As you can tell, I I clearly have watched a whole bunch of NBA if I'm rooting for the freaking Lakers who are like not good at all.
0: (laughs) For sure. I mean, I mean, they have looked better with, uh, since the trade deadline. So we'll see if they can continue again. They, they got to win a lot. They have to go on a run here. Uh, As far as the Kings, I I think it's pretty fair. Like it's kind of just like the classic, like if they haven't done it yet, if they haven't proven it yet, then I I have to see it, you know, and I understand that. Um, But I think that will do it for the podcast today. Um, Unless you had anything else to mention, I think we can kind of wrap it up.
1: Yeah, man, I I got nothing else to say, Trevor. I think it was a good podcast. Obviously, I I feel like, again, maybe it's just a coincidence that our best podcast when Brandon's not here, it could be a coincidence. Maybe it's not a coincidence. I'll let the viewers make that decision for themselves. Um you know my answer on that Trevor I, I think it's very clear that that one of the three of us typically holds us holds us back and when he's not here it seems like we can really shine so I don't know that's just my opinion Trevor I'm I'm not you don't have to second that if you don't want to um but obviously I think I think you're team Ben because I'm team Trevor so I would hope that that you have my back on that um but we'll wrap it up there uh, again thank you all so much for listening we really do appreciate it make sure you follow us um on Twitter at the small baller um check out check us out online at thesmallballers.com um, Trevor, do we have an article coming out this week?
0: Uh I don't how, think so. How we, I, how we doing I, I, on that? I've been really busy. I I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'll, okay. I'll try to get. I, back I wasn't into trying to put you on the spot it. at all.
1: I was not trying to put you on the spot at all. I was just curious. Um, for sure. We still got a lot. Of, we still got a lot of time in the NBA season left, Trevor. I when the playoffs start start coming around maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be demanding more out of you in terms of articles but we still got we still got plenty <laughs> I, of time don't feel no pressure to be putting out articles every week we, we don't need to do that say, just yet. We still I got say i will say
0: ben um you know i think next week hopefully we're, we're we want to do our nfl qb rankings we did them last year at the end of the season so that's definitely yeah. something i'm probably going to work on that a little bit today just finalizing okay. what my qb rankings are
1: Ooh, okay. I'm I'm excited for that then. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited for for QB rankings, um, next week because there is there is one quarterback in the NFL that I, I have a a lot of 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 stake in. You could say, um, that I expect to see in the top three. Trevor, no pressure. I'm not gonna say who it is. I'm not gonna say who it is, but I expect to see this person in the top three of, of the quarterback rankings. Uh, but I'll let you make that decision. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll stop talking. We we've talked enough. Uh, again, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we really do appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!